Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where a guest and I decide who's to blame for history's greatest tragedies. Reminder, we're not historians, we're comedians. Now, before we get started on today's episode, I just want to take a quick moment to encourage you guys to go online, subscribe, rate, review this podcast, because if you like it and you want more, let us know. Now, I'm going to read one of the reviews I've gotten recently, and this is from Dave123564325767. And Dave says, super fun. He gave me five stars, guys. Awesome. He says, really fun podcast with a great and charming host. The podcast also provides a very succinct and accurate explanation of the difference between rats and mice in the episode about the plague. So that's that's nice, Dave. All right. Today's episode, we will be talking about Siegfried and Roy and the famous tiger attack that happened in front of their Las Vegas show. I didn't know much about Siegfried and Roy until my friend Farron suggested that I do it as one of the episodes. And it, you know, hit me at that moment. I was like, I don't even 
remember what happened. Of course, that's that's when I started to remember, oh, yeah, they they did have a show and they don't have a show now. <laughs> um, so I think you're going to find this uh, particular tragedy very interesting and particularly very sad. So here's what you need to know. Siegfried Fischbacher and Roy Horn are a German-American duo of magicians and entertainers who became known for their appearances with white lions and white tigers. From 1990 until Roy's career-ending tiger injury on October 3, 2003, the duo performed Siegfried and Roy at the Mirage Resort and Casino. It was a huge success and was one of the most visited shows in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have two of the biggest names in entertainment in this town, in this country. From the Mirage, the magical Siegfried and Roy. In over more than 5,000 shows, they performed their act flawlessly until October 3rd, 2003. On that day, during their show at the Mirage, Roy Horn was bitten on the neck and dragged by a seven-year-old, 400-pound male white tiger named Manticore. While Roy survived the attack, he was left partially paralyzed. This tragic accident ended the duo's career. facts, a.k.a. death stats. The day of the attack was Roy Horn's 59th birthday. Many of the audience members were Roy's own friends who had come to the show because it was his birthday. While being taken to the hospital, Horn reportedly said, Manticore is a great cat. Make sure no harm comes to Manticore. In 2004, Roy told People magazine that Manticore saved his life by attempting to drag him to safety after he suffered a stroke. The injury to Roy Horn prompted the Mirage to close the show, and 267 cast and crew members were laid off. This is a, this is a real tough one, um, and a, a real sensitive one. And uh, luckily, I have my guest Farron Einhorn with me to uh, help me really get down to the bottom of who's to blame for this tragic incident. Farron, welcome. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm now, here to bring levity to this sensitive topic. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would. Now, Farron, every, before I invite a guest, I'm always like, okay, are, are they right for this podcast? Mm. And, you know, what what is their neuroses? Mm. What is their anxieties? And for you, it was an easy one. You know, you wear them on your sleeve. Yeah, everything. Everything and all of the things. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the the big one that we all know in our friend group is your FOMO. Mm. Can we maybe talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Fear of missing out. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's a crippling dece- disease that happens to a lot of people and that you have um, been dealing with for your whole life. I would yeah, say. I would say it was really flaring up in my 20s. I had a raging case of. FOMO. Um, it was I was unable to say no to any plans for fear that I would miss out on a fun story, a great meal, uh, really just any bit I wanted to be a part of. 
Yeah. yeah. And if and if uh, the world or, or, or if life happened and you actually couldn't be somewhere, uh, I know this for a fact, you like to be sent text or photos yes. or check in. Yeah. With the uh, this is uh, in my 30s. Now, I would say that this has graduated to become what Grady, my fiance, calls fair vision. <laughs> which is when I'm not at an actual event, um, but I hear someone talking about it, I will relay that event um, as if I were there. And that's called getting fair and vision on the event. So oh. if I wasn't someplace, but I heard about it, I would say, and then he said this. I wasn't there, but I know from the... <laughs> From hearing the story told before um, that I can really paint the picture. So that's how my FOMO has really transitioned into my 30s. Well, maybe we can get some fair envision on this topic. I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. I feel like I was there. You're so perfect. October 3rd. Take me there. (laughs) So before we even, uh, you know, dive into who's to blame, I, I know that you have a particular magic, mm. behind the scenes magic story <laughs> that maybe you want to share with us. Sure. It, or, or did you have to sign an NDA or? There were, I mean, I think I am breaking some sort of magic codes by sharing this story, Uh-oh. but like, we're going to get some gonna angry happen? reviews. I hope that, yeah, I mean, I hope that I'm sure there's a league. Um, you know, this is, it's a uh, spoiler alert. It's a David Copperfield oh boy. story. Um, it is a Vegas magic story. Uh, I'm so glad you brought it up and I'm going to share it on the Tell air. Us. I'm from LA. So as a family vacation, Vegas was on the table. It's a five hour drive. If you're driving conservatively four hours and 30, if you want to risk getting a speeding ticket, sure. we went as a family. I was maybe let's call it like 12 and mm. we saw a David Copperfield show. And at a certain point during the show, they asked for volunteers, duh, hand raised high, waving, but trying not to feel too thirsty because you know that they don't call on the people that are too eager, they're crazy. So I was trying to feel like open and eager. And uh, I got called on. I got (gasps) called on to be a participant in the David Copperfield magic show. But it wasn't just me. It was a, I'd say there were maybe like a dozen and a half. There were like 15 of us that were called and brought to the stage. And I was freaking out so excited duh thrilled (laughs) my mom and my brother and my dad watched me go up to the stage so from my perspective I'm up on the stage there's a set of like bleachers like sports bleachers that we are all instructed to like stand in front of and sit down and look out into the audience and you know wave to your family we all got a flashlight Uh uh-huh so we all get this flashlight and um what happens is a sheet gets thrown over us, covering the bleachers, covering us. And but we're we've got our flashlights on. And so what the audience is seeing is, are the flashlights, uh-huh. you know, like flying around and all the lights, like all of us and limbs sort of like popping out and whatever. Like, like a Cirque du Soleil kind of yeah, like bubble. Sort, yeah, exactly. Like there's like a, the lights went down. So all you cool. could see are the silhouettes. So from my from the audience's perspective, we were flashing our flashlights, the bleacher was turning around 360, and then, and David Copperfield was spieling on, and then the sheet was removed, the bleachers were empty, <gasps> and everyone was instructed to look in the back of the theater, and all 15 of us were standing there waving. Incredible trick. Wow. My perspective was a wholly um, less impressive version of that, Cut to, I'm there with my flashlight. The sheet goes over us. Uh PAs come to the side. I don't know how they got there, but they come to the side and they go quickly, 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 quickly. And they're like ushering us. And who's moving the lights around? Other stand-ins. This is what I come to realize later. I mean, gosh, I'm really giving away this trick 
I, I mean, ho- I hope people don't come after me. Who would? <laughs> I don't think this show is still in Vegas. Uh, the David uh, Copperfield. <laughs> okay, I don't great. know. We'll get Amanda on it. Okay. On it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so we're the the PAs are like quickly, 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 and so we're like hustling out of these bleachers, and we're like behind backstage and running through hallways, totally unromantic, totally not glamorous, mm. just like hallways, like behind the scenes of like a, any boring old show, and we're in a room, and then David Copperfield. No, David Copperfield doesn't come. An assistant comes and he says, you guys, by agreeing to be a part of this, are a part of this magic show and a part of the illusion. And what's so great about like the world of illusion is um, keeping secrets. And And I'm just going to chime in and say that David Copperfield absolutely is still performing oh. in Vegas <laughs> Shoot. at the MGM. Oh, God. And you can get a regular ticket starting at $71.37. It's a great show. A reasonable I, price. I hope he's no longer doing this bleacher <laughs> trick. I'm sure he's got new tricks up his sleeve. Uh, I'm David sure Copperfield we'll find out a, if he is. <laughs> he puts on a great show, I gotta tell you. Here at um, Erios, we do provide our podcast guests with legal protection. Oh, so oh you feel wonderful. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm actually just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I didn't cool. I knew that wasn't true <laughs> cool 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 um wow yeah so so we got autographed headshots from david copperfield and basically we're told to keep the secret then they said go stand in the back of the audience and wave and one two three go and we were standing in the back of the theater and waving and everyone turned around and was like oh my god and we had no idea what, what they had experienced but i did love lording it over my parents and my brother they're like how did they do it i was like I can't tell. So they don't know. Is this the first time they're hearing it? Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you kept that secret for so long. I was just waiting for the right podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? What's so interesting about that uh, story is how gritty you're revealing that the magic industry is. Mm. You know, God, yeah. it's just a bunch of tunnels and you know, PAs shuffling you along. Yeah, it's just flashlights and PA saying quickly, quickly this way. And in all fairness, you should have gotten a discount from the ticket because you did miss out on a few illusions. Yeah, I missed the grand illusion, but That's not I was fair. a willing participant. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do you feel? I mean, let, do you want to dive in? I'm this so is a ready. tough one. Okay. This is a real tough one. I'm here. Okay, who's to blame for Siegfried and Roy's tragic <laughs> tiger attack? Yeah. Okay. Now, let's get this started by just, I know we're laughing, but. No, no, it's so tragic. It, it really is, no, guys. No, it sucks. But, but we have to blame someone because this is a this thing. This is our job. And if we don't do it, then who will? Nobody. Now, let's just throw off the bat, this is an obvious one, mm. is the tiger to blame. Mm. You know? Um, so I'll read you some info I found out, some research I did. Mandacore? Manticore. 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 Two words. No, one word. Okay. It's disputed whether or not the actual tiger attacked Horn. Mm. This is a big one. He Manticore had been actually trained by Horn since he was a cub, and he had performed the act for six years. So Mm. he's a veteran tiger Mm. on this show. Mm. Now, Siegfried, um, appearing on the Larry King uh, program said that Horn fell during the act and Manticore was attempting to drag him to safety as a mother tigress would pull one of her cubs by the neck. Mm. So Siegfried says that Manticore had no way of knowing that Horn, unlike a tiger cub, did not have fur 
and a thick skin covering his neck and that his neck was vulnerable to injury. Wow. So Siegfried said if Manicor had wanted to injure Roy, the tiger would have snapped his neck and shaken him back and forth as, you know, we've seen dogs or cats do. Yeah, it's an instinct. It's it's an instinct. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Wow. This is from... Siegfried's mouth. Yeah. So Siegfried is taking the tiger side over his performing partner, Roy. Basically. He's saying saying that that the tiger really didn't have. No, he's like Roy fell. Yeah. But this is this is my question. We have wild animals that have been trained for entertainment. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Well, you didn't ask. (laughs) I'm ready. I think I'm asking you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is that. Can we put the blame on the tiger that has been trained for entertainment? I, my, when you told me that we were going to do Siegfried and Roy, my first instinct was I cannot and will not blame the tiger. Just right off the bat. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to blame the tiger. However, I feel like it's a worthy, I feel like Manticore should go on the board because the uh, well the i mean the was... evidence it, it, people saw it happen right he's the one who actually if there was no tiger there would be no accident correct but how did we even get to a place where we are having tigers and men doing shows in vegas like i feel like we got to go backwards but 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 yeah i guess i i mean I don't know, Rebecca, how do you feel? Do you want to put man? Yeah, I think, you know, just to get it started, kind of wheel the, oil the, yeah, oil the grease, grease the gill, the lily, yep, Mm -hmm. yeah, manticores, is it a female manticore? Is she a female? It's a, it it says a a tigress. Tigress, okay, so so yeah, that, that, I don't know if that makes a difference to you, (laughs) do you want to take it off now? No, I'm just curious. I just wanted to have a full, oh, okay. full picture. A visual. Yeah. A visual. Manticore the tiger. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like I just want to, my instinct is that it is not Manticore's fault, especially saying, hearing what, what Siegfried himself had to say, that she was trying to drag him to potential safety by the gruff of his neck, like one, like a mother cat would her baby cat. Exactly. So, um, you know, I don't think that we can blame a tiger for being put in this highly unnatural situation. Environment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. There's another aspect of this, oh, you know, no. right off the bat, okay. which is, you know, the the natural causes. So the oh, stroke, oh. essentially. Right. He Do, mid-show. Mid-show. Fuck. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I don't know what his situation was, his, his health situation mm-hmm. was before the show. I'm assuming he was healthy, mm. you know, but but that's the thing with strokes is that you don't see them coming. You don't see them coming. And maybe are, are, could they be um, stress-induced, exhaustion-induced? What if maybe it was a rigorous show schedule? Yeah. Like, how about show business, people? He, I mean, who knows? So... It, it also like maybe just had high blood pressure. Sure, because I hope the Mirage should have checked. They should have had a doc. I'm sure they had a doctor on site. Good Come question. On, I don't know if there was a it, if there was not a doctor on site. Shame on you. Shame on you, Mirage. Shame on you, Mirage Hotel. So a, a stroke. I did some research on a stroke. Okay. Right? The blockage of an artery in the brain by a clot is the most common cause of a stroke. Mm. 
So the part of the brain that is supplied by the clotted blood vessel is then deprived of blood and oxygen, mm. if that makes any sense to Jesus, <laughs> this is dark. Okay. So the, the risk factors are high blood pressure, high mm-hmm. cholesterol, diabetes, and mm-hmm. smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-existing conditions. Maybe he had a pre-existing condition. He shouldn't have. But, you know, he had a passion. He did. What are you supposed to not follow your dream, follow your passion, go with your partner, work on the... He's been training Manticore since she was a cub. Exactly. And, and and this is the other thing. You just don't know when that could happen. Yeah. So we can't name blame natural causes. No. Right? I don't But feel- it is a... It, it, it was a factor. It's a factor. Because... I, I, and I look this up. It, it's the internet says mm-hmm. that like dogs, cats also have an uncanny ability to detect ailments and diseases as well. Mm. So cats have an acute sense of smell and have the ability to sniff out a chemical change in a body <sighs> caused by a disease. And they can also sense the difference in behavior, both physically and psychologically due to an illness. Mm. Okay. This brings me to hearing your your death stats this brings me to something that i i want to blame i i want to give it to me i want to throw out a blame i'm so excited i'm getting chills birthdays <gasps> baron einhorn the queen the queen of the blames birthdays I, I can't leave this podcast without just sort of bringing that up i had no idea that this attack happened on his birthday yeah okay there is so much there that I am ready to unpack. First of all, if cats can sense changes in chemicals of like illnesses and whatever, they can predict earthquakes, yada, yada, whatever. Oh, you don't think they're going to predict if you're feeling weird, wonky about your birthday, you're having feelings. I don't know about you, but the week leading up to my birthday and the week after my birthday are shit shows. Oh, I'm emotional. I'm questioning everything. Do you love me? Do I love you? What is age? What is aging? What is everything? I'm a... F- mess so i would i can only apply what i know to be the logic that maybe occurred here is that you know you're you got your birthday not to mention your friends from germany are in the audience <laughs> i don't know if they were from germany oh okay <laughs> okay your your pals they might have been american sorry they're a german couple i just assumed well the, he's got his pals coming to his birthday show there's a lot of pressure maybe you want to turn it out like you know we perform together when you've got someone special in that audience yeah you want to amp it up a little you want to amp it up you, you want to get just, fancy you want to get fancy don't get fancy never just stick with the plan. Do what you rehearsed, especially if there are tigers involved. Oh, my God. Well, Hello? I mean, you're in for a treat okay. as we move forward. But I don't want to bypass this birthday just yet. Because okay. I want to point out that it wasn't just any birthday. Mm. It was his 59th birthday. That is key. And what's coming up? 60. 60. And Dude. what is that? A big midlife crisis. That's a big moment. midlife crisis. That's what are you doing? You're changing your hair. You're getting a car. You're what are you doing? It's you're inching up to 60. That is yeah. a really key. So can we blame birthdays and can we blame and and so, the, the pressure society puts on, on aging age. on age? Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're putting both of the <laughs> we'll put that as a, a slash. It's a birthday slash society's pressure on aging. on aging. Yeah. Or, or uh, just, yeah, obsession with youth. Obsession with youth. I love it. It's why do like, we even have birthdays? Why, why do we do even we remember them? No. This is, I, I would, I, I don't want to, you know, place any blame too early, but I just want to go on record as saying I would love to blame birthdays <laughs> for the tragedy yeah, of Siegfried and Roy's mom. It's his fault he was stressing that no. it was his birthday. It's society. society. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Mm, I feel lighter personally. It feels great. Okay. Well, it's up on the board and we'll decide whether it's mm-hmm. to blame in the end. Mm-hmm. But for now, it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's an outlet. Um, I mean, I'm the same way with birthdays. I, the mm-hmm. whole month, I, I'm January 25th. Yeah. And from New Year's, right? Everyone's thinking about like the old year. What am I going to do this new year? Yes. Oh, add that double with pressure. a birthday. Oh my God, Rebecca. Because a birthday is your own personal new year. So you've got... The world's new year plus your new year. Yeah. Too close together. It's the weight of the world on my shoulders. I feel I'm so sorry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that that's up on the board and we mm-hmm. feel good, I want to bring up a topic that is possibly very controversial. Okay. And this is the eroding bond between Roy and his tiger. Okay. Jesus. Now, when I searched Siegfried and Roy, in 2019, there was a bombshell that was dropped. I don't know if you even knew that when you suggested that we do Siegfried and Roy. I know very little about it. I just like tigers and I like Vegas. Okay. (laughs) I told everyone you you were obsessed with this. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So various articles came out in... March of 2019, mm-hmm. where his trainer by the name of Chris Lawrence, oh. Chris Lawrence claims Roy himself is to blame for the accident. Hmm. This is what Chris said. Lawrence says that Horn was spending too little time with the Tigers before the show, eroding the bond between animal and performer. Hmm. So the trainer, Chris, says, this is a quote, Siegfried and Roy never liked making mistakes and never owned them in front of an audience. I mean, harsh words. And then he continues on in the article and says that he acknowledges that Roy had a stroke, but says that it happened because of the attack. Oh, so the sequence of events is now all of a sudden changing, according to the trainer. The tiger was found blameless and it was returned to Roy's home. Lauren says... I'm positive that Roy's diminishing relationship with Manicor was a key factor in the attack. Okay. I I have a visceral reaction to Chris Lawrence. (laughs) Tell me. I don't like this guy. (gasps) I I just, he he claims to be an expert on this diminishing bond, whatever this situation is. I, I feel like he's just wanting to point the, he's, he wants to blame others before the finger gets pointed at him. Well, it's been 16 years. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. the, the articles I read, it says that he was kind of sitting with this for a while. And I, I think he did uh, struggle with alcoholism. Chris Lawrence? Chris Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's had a hard time and he's, it's been uh, eating him up is, as far as I've read. Mm. This is why he's coming out now in 2019. Mm. You always got to wonder why now. Why now? Yeah. Um, I don't know, the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure. <laughs> I think it's been a, a while, actually, so that's not it. Yeah. What happened in uh, early 2019? <sighs> Anything animal related? Um, uh, maybe just a personal, maybe he's turning 60. <laughs> maybe he's coming up on a birthday. I don't <laughs> hate that idea. <laughs> Who knows? Any crazy things happen. But it, it doesn't matter. The fact is that Lawrence came out and mm. this is what he's saying. Now, what's interesting to me is the the timeline aspect. Um, and maybe we can uh, dig into that because he keeps talking about this. Mm. So before we even put, do you want to put the eroding bond 
let's let's do a little bit more digging yeah, before we do that. I would love that. Okay. So Lawrence also blames human error. Okay. He recalled that the night of the attack, something seemed off from the very beginning of Manticore's appearance in the show. Oy. First, the animal allegedly wandered away from his mark during an act where the tiger danced with horn, which was strange for Manticore, who was usually automatic, mm. Lawrence says. So the trainer thought the animal wasn't acting normal, and that's just what he saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. He went on to claim, he doesn't do anything yet. He mm-hmm. doesn't intercede. He went on to claim that he was hesitant to step in at that point as he and the other handlers were routinely reprimanded for stepping in on stage and breaking the illusion that the care and training of the wild cats was a a two-man operation run by Siegfried and Roy. Mm -hmm. Instead, he watched as Horn allegedly also did something uncommon. Instead of guiding Manticore in a circle which was what was usually done in the act, he used his arm to steer him right back into his body. Hmm. So mm. Roy didn't he went off stick script. to the choreography. Yeah. And you and I know. You, you gotta stick Billy to And Billy Scafuri, if you're listening, you also know you gotta stick to the choreography. Bad things happen if you don't. Yeah. I- especially if you're performing with tigers. Hello. Like, what are you doing? But also, Chris Lawrence, like, there, there is so much to unpack here. Because, so, someone's got to stop the show. Someone's got to be the person to say, Tiger's acting weird. She did a weird thing. She got off her mark. She's normally automatic. Yeah. We got to, like, course correct here. So, that's got to be, someone's got to do that. So, Chris Lawrence should have done that. But also, the pressure to maintain the illusion, like, that is psycho we're talking about safety here but you want the audience to think that it's just these two guys doing the whole thing when in reality there's like seven other people behind the scenes like making sure that there's a safe situation i i mean i know we're blaming concepts but like what like vegas like magic can we blame like magic i was gonna suggest we blame Mm -hmm. the live theater whoa rebecca we were trained it's it's the show that kind of show must go on attitude Mm. is what stopped lawrence potentially deadly in this in this pretend this situation i mean do we want to put lawrence up because i mean you know i think that lawrence here's how i feel i feel that lawrence has done enough blaming of himself it sounds like he is feeling a lot of guilt well but i don't think he's to blame i Okay, well, let's put him up there. Okay. And <laughs> we'll decide sure. in the end Fair. if he's to blame. Yeah, or let's not. look at all the options. You're because right. I, I, you can also say, you know, ha- have the argument that he was feeling guilty because he knows that he did wrong. And yeah. there's this other aspect that is just occurring to me right now, which mm. is the, um, the don't, it, it's like stay in your lane kind Mm. of um attitude that happens a lot when uh disasters or tragedies are happening Mm -hmm. right it's blinders on and 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 not feeling like you can jump in and help many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. Walking on stage and putting up your, your finger. Yeah, putting up say, thing, your, 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 your one finger. <laughs> yeah. And saying, looking at Roy in the eye yeah. and saying, hey, buddy, you okay? I'm going to get out of here. If I were an audience member, I would appreciate that. I would be like, ooh, I'm getting a a piece of the action. This is the real shit. I want that. You crave that. Honestly, it's not like I'm asking for crazy things to happen. But when a crazy thing happens in live theater, I saw a performance of Wicked in L.A. at the Pantages Theater. And um, she flies in, Elphaba. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. She (laughs) flies. No, Glinda, the good witch. And her... um, her uh, mechanism to fly her away did not work. And that was the highlight to me of the show was watching all the actors improvise in character of trying to get her to fly back out. And it's like, the it's show must go thrilling. on. Who cares? We know, yeah. we know she's not a witch. We know that there's things going on. Like, give us the benefit of the doubt. Well, I couldn't agree with you. My favorite, exp- you know, uh, performance experience was at, at the Globe mm. in uh, London. And I know, <laughs> no, uh, 
I was seeing Tammy of the Shrew mm. and the lead actress uh, couldn't um, perform. She was huh? sick. Something happened to her. And one of the, the actresses that had a small part went on stage and did her role with the 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 script on hand love it and she was fantastic and yes. we were all like she Rooting would end a scene her. and we would clap oh I there's bravery there's bravery yes. in stopping the show the show must go on boo i'm over that concept rebecca i love that idea so let's continue on with uh, with lawrence okay. because he he <laughs> tangent well he has uh, some interesting things to say uh, mm. um as you know further along okay so as Lawrence describes it, Manticore's face was right in Horn's midsection. By Roy not following the correct procedure, it fed into confusion and rebellion. Mm. And Right, because uh, he didn't do the circle, he brought her back into right, his body. Right, he brought it back to the hand mm-hmm. uh, or to the arm. Mm. Manticore then bit Horn's sleeve. Oh. Horn was able to get the animal to let go by tapping him on the nose with his microphone. Okay. <laughs> Just imagining this whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... That would prove to be only the beginning. Lawrence claimed that he tried to redirect Manticore's... So now Lawrence jumps in. He tries to redirect Manticore's attention by offering him treats and then grabbing his leash. Oh, Lawrence jumps onto the stage. Yes, he jumps in. Okay. Okay. But he's unable to calm or restrain uh, the cat. And Manticore knocks both men down. This is as Lawrence tells it. Oh my God. Could you imagine being in the audience? No. Okay. I, 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 well, I wonder if they even knew if it was real or right. if they thought You're it like, was part of the wow. act. Yeah. Oh my God, Rebecca. Okay. It's terrifying. Manicor went straight for Horn, barreling into his upper body and biting him on the neck. Oh my God. Lawrence recalled trying to pull the animal back by his neck, but he was unable to. And Manticore walked off stage carrying Horn along in its jaws until Lawrence and another handle handler, uh, this one is supervisor, his supervisor was able to apprehend him. Choof. Gnarly. How far into the show was this? I'm curious. No, uh, it doesn't really matter, but I'm just sort of like, what's the audience experience? You know, like, I'm are we sure we're fresh? You know, I'm I know. Sure. I think Vegas that's a shows great are usually question. pretty short because they want you to get back out and gamble. They don't yeah, it's a ninety-minute like, max. Yeah, no intermission. Yeah, I would say maybe even a sixty-minute. Yeah, although this one is was their big headliner. No, I know. You know, Vegas in general lost a lot of money after this show closed. Wow, that is one of the the things I read. Yeah, it, it, it took an economic hit. It was a huge deal. Yeah. I, I mean, in the 90s, when I was going to Vegas with my family, it was being branded. You know, Vegas goes through like its branding phases where it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That was like, it was the prime time of like, bring your family. This yeah. was Vegas is a place for family. So they had like Treasure Island. There were pirate shows. It worked on us. We went. We were stoked. Like we were 12. I was 12. Yeah. My brother was like nine. And we were excited to go to Vegas. Crazy. But it was because of shows like Siegfried and Roy that we were excited to go. We and couldn't get in. It was too expensive. I to Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, I have a side story about that. But, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, do you want to talk about it now? Or? I, yeah, I guess I am pretty passionate about the about this uh, topic. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we wanted to go to Siegfried and Roy. Okay. Um, I loved animals, yeah. still do. And I was stoked to get, you know, to see the spectacular uh, event. And um, they... There were not children's 
ticket prices. Oh. And I was a pretty savvy kid. Like I was just aware that you go to places and there's kids prices and that's just how it goes. My parents pay the adult price and we pay the kids prices and that's how it we're that, afforded yeah, to go to fun world things. Goes that's how it goes. There were no kids prices wow. for Siegfried and Roy, which I and my parents, you know, they put their foot down really gently, but they were like we can't afford it. It's 165 bucks. I, I mean, um, it's great to hear that David Copperfield is going for $79 right now. 71, I believe. Yeah. But at the time, it was like, uh, it was upwards of 100 tick- bucks a ticket. And for a family of four, it was just out of, it was unreasonable. Yeah. So we couldn't go. I cried. Not like an asshole. Like, I'm mad at you, mom and dad. I just sort of cried. I was, I was. Yeah, you were disappointed. I was disappointed. I understood why my parents didn't let us go. But I, I could not get over the fact that they would not um, make admission for children. So I, when we got back to LA, I went to my desk and I wrote a letter (gasps) to Steve Wynn, the owner of the hotel. And, you know, my parents were like, if you have something to say, like, make your voice heard. I was like, okay. So I wrote a letter to Steve Wynn and I just expressed my, my disappointment. You know, I'm Farron, I'm 12 years old in Los Angeles. My family came to Vegas and we wanted to see your show and we couldn't. And we were really upset that there were no kids' prices. And so, you know, I, I wrote him this letter and I got a letter back okay. like a month and a half later. And I'm like, here we go. We're getting tickets. <laughs> you know, you just assume like kids, if you make a stink or if you're a good kid, you're going to get what you want. Hell no. There were no. no tickets in that envelope. There was a letter from Steve Wynn, totally form letter that yeah. was like, thank you for your concern. Really appreciate your passion <laughs> for Vegas. And we hope to see you again soon. And we'll take it into consideration. Autograph Steve Wynn. Oh, boo. <gasps> Big time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know. I thought just by being like a little well, precocious kid, you'd get, I don't know, something tickets. Maybe. So- Maybe then we should put, um, you know, the the price of admission as something to blame. And mm. that causes more stress. You got to get, yeah. you know. You got to keep the ticket prices high. You got to do a keep performance. The show, make sure that it, it's worth it for people. Yeah. That, that will cause a lot of stress. So maybe it's like we want to put up there. First of all, I, 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 I do want to make sure we put up there um, show must go on. Yeah. Yeah, the on concept it. of show. Or, yes. Yeah. Can I can I offer a counter to the show must go on? Yes. Or and I'll, maybe in addition to. Yeah. Escapism. Oh. Mm. That people are so desperate to be taken into a different reality. I, love I mean, that. that's kind of Vegas in a nutshell. Well, totally. why don't we do them as uh, two separate? things i think we should put Mm. um show must go on attitude because right this is what lawrence uh didn't um this is what lawrence that's what prevented him from stepping in at exactly Mm -hmm. and escapism because that's those are the people that are coming to see the show and this is what they're expecting exactly audience expectation escapism the the God, I mean, we could just keep blaming and blaming. And this is what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, we. I, I, this is the kind of thing where now I'm starting to think about zoo culture. Oh, Rebecca, I'm so glad you went there. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Because <sighs> why do we have zoos? Why do we take these animals out of their natural environment for our entertainment and viewing pleasure? It's sick. Unless it's a sanctuary. Duh. We can all agree. Sure. Animal sanctuary. We're pro animal sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Zeus, but I actually want to even take it, sorry to derail, but, you know, the first thing, the first uh, victim you wanted to blame or the first person you want to blame here is Manticore Tiger. And I immediately, thinking of Zeus, I want to blame 
Barnum and Bailey. I want to go Ringling Bros. Circus. Circus. Yeah. Original. OG Circus. I don't know if that was on. No. On, I, uh, that mind, was not. I just want to go Circus. I want to just. The Circus is dark. The, I you know I watched Dumbo the new Dumbo yeah. on a plane recently and I cannot believe how seedy and I mean it's not obviously Dumbo's a fictional movie <laughs> but it's based on something you know that <laughs> elephants don't talk what no or fly <laughs> <laughs> I love how that was not my first <laughs> yeah <laughs> memory Dumbo's a flying elephant okay yeah sure. I think he did t- no he actually doesn't talk but anyway he doesn't talk no he like winks and smiles and makes like oh, oh that's noises. changing everything but about it is my memories about Dumbo but I'm sure you will remember this incredibly emotional pivotal scene where he is ripped from his mother and she is cradle rocking him through the bars yeah. of a circus um, like train car it is so gnarly and so like what are we doing here what is this like a- this origin of entertainment and of like making animals dance and wear little outfits yeah. and prance around these are wild animals and they're not being treated well I mean like let's give a high five for the fact that I think Barnum and Bailey uh, got like they're out of here, right? Um, do we have a fact check on this? I don't know uh, much about Barnum and Bailey. Oh, I, no. did, I did do the Barnum musical in high school. Hmm. Um, Are there animals? There were no animals in, in my music, in my <laughs> high school production of P.T. Barnum. Cool. <laughs> but it's like his story? It's his story. Yeah, it's more featured on Barnum the Man and right. less on the, the actual circus. Um, but... I, I I agree with you. Um, I feel like it could be a the the circus slash zoo slash <laughs> magic industry. Whoa! I mean, because what is this obsession that we have with this like this just insatiable desire for this eccentric and dangerous mm-hmm. illusion? Hmm. Um. Field. Yeah, it's like an extreme extremism. I guess you could call it escapism, but it's more than escapism. It's it's danger, right? It's like a desire for danger. But it's so stupid because it's like we are expecting to feel safe in dangerous scenarios. Uh, what are what we're we're willing to like believe that we're just going to be safe in this room with a tiger and these two German dudes that are like. Wearing sparkly suits, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get to see the show. Well, so I don't know ma- what they wore. You know, maybe maybe we can talk about Roy's kind of life. Okay, maybe but can this we is put a- the circus up. Oh yeah, of course. On it's the going board. up. It's it's up. It's a- oh, it's just up. for everyone uh, who's listening. Uh, let me read what we have so far. We have Manticore the Tiger. Uh, number two, <laughs> birthdays slash obsession with youth. Youth. Uh, number three, Chris Lawrence the Trainer. Number four, the show must go on kind of attitude. Number five, escapism. And number six, the circus slash zoo slash uh, uh, producer Amanda here. I have something to bring up and it's tough. Oh, oh boy. Shit. What? Siegfried and Roy. Oh, my God. Like as people on the board. Or Roy, I mean, dude, good call. Uh, it seems like it has to be addressed. It, it we can address it. Um, it's tough because he's a victim. You're talking about a victim, but 
I understand. He, I mean, he I has understand. had a, a rough go. Sure. But since the tragedy. He is a victim, but he's also a willing participant. Well, I, then I think this is the perfect time to kind of segue into who he is and mm. his past and where he comes from oh and God, how they love. met. I would love. I would love. Okay. So Roy actually had a very difficult childhood which led him to this obsession with animals. Jeez, this keeps getting dark. We keep trying to make it light and it keeps taking... It, it is a, it's a dark one. It's a dark Who topic. knew this one would be so dark? So, of course, he was born October 3rd, 1944. Right. And apparently he was born during uh, one of the bombings in World War II in Germany. Bummer. And he so was... Gave birth. His mother... Uh, the father came back from the war and they his his father uh, divorced his mom and the mom uh, remarried. And apparently the person she remarried was an alcoholic. And so Roy was kind of trying to escape himself. Mm. So the situation forced, uh, this is what he says, and I got this from Siegfried and Roy.com. So it's oh. coming from... The source. The source. They approved this. (laughs) So he says, the situation forced me to become very self-reliant, barely out of kindergarten. To avoid the alcoholic ravings of my stepfather, Roy uh, would sneak down to the basement, crawl out the window with his dog, Hex, and roam the fields until his mother came home. He was lonely, alienated, and Hex became his only friend. Hold on. This is on SiegfriedandRoy.com? Yes. Yeah, uh, you can all go on there. It's fascinating. Wow, <laughs> website. <laughs> I certainly it's, will. It hasn't been updated since two thousand and three for sure. <laughs> They've got so, other go. Yeah. So, as a child, Roy's favorite pastime was to roam the open fields that surrounded his home, and he and Hex, who was a jet black and half wolf, mm. loved to go exploring. So, this is a half wolf dog he's hanging out with. Mm. Now, Roy's mother's friend's husband, <laughs> Emil, was the founder of a zoo. It was called the Bremen Zoo? Bremen? Bremen. B-R-E-M-E-N Zoo. Mm-hmm. Which gave Roy access to exotic animals from the age of 10. Mm. Soon, Roy was helping take care of the animals and dreamed of entering the cage of a ferocious tigress. Nearby... uh, Near the tiger was a cheetah named Chico, and he was Roy's first love affair with an exotic animal, as well as, well, the first cat that Siegfried and Roy would eventually use in their act. Oh, wow. So he met this cat when he was 10. Now, let's go on to how they met, because I find this very fascinating. Okay. Siegfried and Roy met while Siegfried was performing aboard a ship. So mm, he was like a cruise, like, ship, like a cruise ship. Yes. Oh, I Siegfried love that. Siegfried was was the guy um, that was doing magic shows on the ship. Love. And he was incorporating hats, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, magicians do, and rabbits. And he needed someone to help him with props. So he asked Roy, who was uh, a waiter on the ship, no. to assist him during the show. Oh my god. So. Roy um, helps him on this show. And afterward, it, it says it on, I read this on, on SiegfriedandRoy.com. He at, took him out to grab a drink. And he says, you know, so did you like the show? And Roy kind of got quiet and didn't say much. And then eventually admitted that he thought it was kind of boring. Oh, wow. He told Siegfried to his face that he thought it was boring. Wow. And Siegfried, Big words coming from a waiter. 
Like this guy, I like that he's yeah. Well, but he he you know he paused. Sure, he 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 considered consideration. Yeah, Yeah. what he should do, and Roy then Siegfried doesn't talk to him for the rest of the the journey. (laughs) Right? Yeah. They dock in Germany. They come back on the ship, and a few days into the the uh, passage or the voyage back. He hits up Siegfried and he goes, hey, I got a big surprise. Takes him to his room. He had snuck in a cheetah in a bag (laughs) and had it hiding in his room. What the hell are you saying? I'm this is all found on Siegfried and (laughs) Roy dot com. Okay. Now. Siegfried says, "Okay, we'll add the cheetah to the show. That we're doing on this ship. Oh my God. The rules were so different back then. Could you imagine being a passenger on this ship? Like a live cheetah? You didn't sign up for this? No. I'd be terrified. Yes. As an alarmist. Are you kidding? Stuck in the middle of the ocean? Looking around being like, I'm not seeing any professional handlers. Yeah. I don't need a magic show this badly. They use the cheetah for the show and then get fired. Sure. <laughs> Naturally. Sure. Sure. But at least eventually they were scouted in New York and they began performing together. And that's how they that that was the beginning of Siegfried and Roy. Wow. What a meet cute. Like a cruise ship moment. Yeah. What? Uh, are they romantically linked? Well, I have scoured the Internet for that answer mm-hmm. and I didn't it, it didn't come up. Wow. Buried. It is a little buried. I know that they do live together. Um, they share uh, an estate mm. in uh, Vegas where they roam free. Where the an- I'm sorry, the, <laughs> the, the animals roam free. But Siegfried and Roy do roam free in their sure. own house. Yes, in their estate. I um, hope so. They, you know, they are uh, they're a duo in 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 the mm. full sense of the word. Kind of like that. There's a little mystery there. Yeah, I mean, are they together? I don't know. Right. But but if it, it feels looks li- they like li- a and smells like a and if feels like a partner, it's a might be a partner. Mm-hmm. So they might be partners. Mm-hmm. Right. I just yeah, I was unclear. I was pretty sure they were, but I wasn't a hundred percent. But so that's interesting that in your research you weren't able to really get to the no, bottom. No, at least I wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Um. So perhaps you know did. Did his rough is his rough childhood to blame for his, his obsession with Chico the cheetah? Yeah, and, and just therefore... kind of wanting to get out there. He mm. didn't. He didn't come from a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He knew he needed to make a career for himself, and he saw an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that i kind of rather than blaming his childhood i almost just really do feel like blaming them the people themselves Siegfried and roy i don't know or maybe one or the other it doesn't really seem like you know one is driving the ship or like you know uh, right yeah but but at a certain point someone's got to say to the other one like yo roy like this has gone too far Okay, I mean, <laughs> we can put the duo, let's put the duo up. Uh, 
I have to like sign off on that only because I'm just like trying to think of like a, a different situation, the same scenario in a different situation. Like, you know, that guy, uh, that documentary that came out free solo. Oh, just thinking the same uh, thing. Yes. Where it's like that man is doing something that is inherently dangerous. So this is a guy who like free climbs up like right. these huge, crazy cliffs. If he were to fall and die, you'd be like, yeah. Correct. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to do some research. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. But, but it's true. It's like you're just sort of waiting for the day. It's like you think you're going... If you're engaging in a life and a career of Danger. working with wild yeah. animals in this sort of, you know... Well, there was that similar story with the documentary about the guy that was obsessed with bears and with camp. Grizzly them. man. Grizzly man. Oh, my God. It's So it's just like... It's almost not a matter of if it's a matter of when it's a matter of when with free solo you know it's gonna you're gonna do one it's one climb could be your final climb one show could be the show where it goes down grizzly man not to spoil it for anyone it's a great film but it's like (laughs) it doesn't end well doesn't end well for the guy that is communing with grizzlies and it's it's a certain person that I can relate to the animal love and the desire to be around animals but then it's that like Ooh, I have maybe something else to blame. It's like the ego, like your mm. ego that's saying, I, I'll be the one to, to tame. To do it. And I, in all fairness, no one else really works with tigers like Siegfried and Roy did. Right. Not at not, the time. And, and I can't find, I, I was trying to do a Google search of like circus acts with tigers. Right. And not to the extent that they did. I think that yeah. might have been a cautionary moment what happened to them for yes for the rest of the circus and magic industry. I think so. And look, you know, it, it is a tragedy. You know, thank God maybe he didn't die. Paralyzed sucks, obviously, but oh, terrible. If it, it terrible. Like so terrible, but it can be like a a moment in history of, hey, let's maybe uh Focus on the other types of show. Like, how about Cirque du Soleil or whatever? How about cartoons? How about cartoons? Where where we can draw a a tiger. (laughs) Yeah. Let's watch uh, animation. Let's let's make The Lion King. (laughs) That's safe. Yeah. Is that the year that The Lion King came out? No, no, no. No. no, no. What what was this? When did this go down? 2003. Lion King came out way before that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I I am really happy. Uh, Were you going to say Ego was to blame? I mean, I because I thought that's where you were yeah, going. Yeah, that's let's do an eleventh hour. Uh, and I have one last show. one because we have we have. A, I'm feeling really good about the stuff we have up here, and I just want to throw one out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of you might not know this, um, but the former Mirage owner Steve Wynn, Ugh. who you know, Farron, <laughs> he was the one who hired the duo in 1990, and he told Las Vegas Television. K L A S T V that the events were substantially as described by Siegfried. So uh, that the cat, he had a, Roy had a stroke and the cat then saved him. And according to Wynn, there was a woman with a big hairdo in the front row who he says, fascinated and distracted manticore oh the woman reached out to attempt to pet the animal and roy jumped between the woman and the tiger and that's how it happened okay i just want to throw this microphone across the room (laughs) 
what the hell are you talking about, Steve Wynn? A a, a woman with a big hat made the cat bite Roy's neck? Are you kidding me? This is classic... Uh, 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 like blaming women th- th- that that hairdo women's uh, hair women's hair and guess who we're doing our hair for for you because society made well, us i'm not do doing our my hair, hair for steve Wynn. not not, not that's anymore. for sure not anymore <laughs> tomorrow I'm were not you doing- ever <laughs> probably subconsciously the the steve wins the big steve win big the steve wins of the big, world yeah, big steve win but wow that is infuriating. Uh, yeah. I want to throw Steve Wynn up there. I do too. <laughs> I think we should Steve Wynn and the Mirage. I mean, yes. he was the one above Siegfried and Roy. He was the enabler. Totally. 100%. He's f- he's he's above Chris Lawrence, the animal trainer. He's above St- Siegfried and Roy. Steve Wynn. I would love oh. to put him up there. Classic Steve Wynn. Wow. I hope that that woman who was sitting in the front row, if she even exists, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh has a has a counter or response or maybe if she's listening to she this podcast one i just want to hear from her i i just want i okay. want her voice so if you were in the audience on october 3rd 2003 which Could you, you probably are traumatized number one you're definitely traumatized by the events that happened big time but if you happen to have a big hairdo that day and you think that you could be this woman i would love to hear from you me too and uh tell us your side of the story yeah um okay so let me tell our listeners what we have up on this board. Great. Who, uh, who's to blame? Number one, Manticore the tiger. Number two, birthdays slash society's <laughs> obsession with youth. Number three, Chris Lawrence, the animal trainer. Number four, the show must go on attitude. Number five, escapism. Number six, the circus. Number seven, Siegfried and Roy themselves. Number eight, ego? Or we want to say it's Siegfried and Roy's ego? No, ego. Like, Just ego Like hum- humanity, humanity ego. Humanity ego. Mm-hmm. And number nine, Steve won. Mm. Okay. That's, so it's a let's start. Dense list. It is dense. And I think that we can start by crossing off the tiger. I agree. Because, we put him up reluctantly. Yeah, and, and he was a vi- he is a victim in this circus life. Yeah, you know? exactly. That And that's the thing. It's like we have to be advocates for these animals who don't have a voice. That's right. So this is not, the Manticore did not choose this, even if they had a nice bond and since a cub. No doubt about that. But Manticore wasn't willingly volunteering. And is Manticore getting any of the funds from the Siegfried oh, and no. Roy spectacle? But he is living in a nice estate. I mean, that's what... but that, And that's assuming that he cares about estates. I mean, <laughs> tigers exactly. live in the wild, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they're used to living on, you know, sleeping on grass, yeah. let's say. Yeah. The so, estate of the world. Just yeah, freedom. That's assuming that he wants a little tiger bud. Yeah. Okay, so Manticore crossed so right off. So he's out. I'm, uh, or I've, she, I'm yeah. sorry, is out. Um, now, I, I think birthdays deserves to stay up there a I little longer. It makes me, whenever I see it on that board, I, I feel something. The, so. the, the Chris Lawrence aspect. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, it just makes me sad. Is he to blame for the Siegfried and Roy tiger attack? in a way i mean he his job is to be the trainer he's the handler i know but it feels like there are 
things above him. I mean, yes, uh, he should have stepped in. Maybe he deserves to stay for a Okay, we'll leave him on there. The show must go on attitude. As much as I want to keep that on there, Mm -hmm. I think we can cross it off because Mm -hmm. there's also like uh, just human like self what am I trying to say here? Like choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all have a choice. Free will. <laughs> Free will. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking of. Right. So we can choose to let the show not go on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even though that's a maxim, even though it's like, yes, the show must go on. If you're, if you've twisted your ankle mid, if you've got, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, if you got a bloody nose, you just, you take care of yourself while the show can yeah. go on. There are Although other- for Carrie Strug. Do you yeah, the show did go on and she saved the Olympics. She was a gymnast, correct? Yeah. <laughs> is still a gymnast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think her name is Carrie Strutt. No, yeah. That's, yeah. That okay. sounds familiar. Um, same era, I feel like, yeah, as yeah, the yeah. Siegfried and Roy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay crossing it off. Okay. Let's cross that off. And I think, I don't even think we can cross off es- escapism. I know that ego, here's the thing. You can blame ego for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And while it is particularly interesting that it's connected to this particular tragedy, I think that we can get a little bit more specific. I agree. Okay. I agree. I, I do like it as a concept. I think it's a, it plays a part, but we can cross it off. Okay. And the circus life and escapism while... The circus life? Uh, oh, yeah. The circus, the circus you know, yeah. the circus. Just that kind of... Hmm. I, I think we should keep that up I there. Keep the I think circus. we should take out escapism. Yeah, because I think the circus can enca- encapsulate that. Okay, so what we have left are birthdays, obsession with youth, Chris Lawrence, the animal trainer, the circus, Siegfried and Roy, and Steve Wynn. Okay, I want to make a strong, I, I mean, Steve Wynn. I know he came up at, at the end of this podcast here, but holy cow. He here's what I'll tell you mm-hmm. that little statement I read mm-hmm. makes me think he's very nervous. Yeah. Why is he speaking out and trying to blame some random audience member? Oh. He's nervous about getting sued. Yeah. That is dirty, dirty, dirty A woman with the big hair trying to reach out. We're not hearing that from Chris Lawrence. We're not hearing that from the interview that Siegfried did with uh, what was it? Larry. King? Yeah, no one's no one's talked about that. Let's talk. So, Wynn's coming out with this wild. He's like, mm, everyone's going to get behind me. I know what I'll say. A woman with big hair. Oh, and everyone's going to be like, oh, that's uh, what it was. And he's the one who approved the show. He's the one oh, who was making money. He's cutting and, these checks and causing you know Siegfried and Roy to do more, 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 possibly causing uh, Roy stress. Agreed. Okay. I know that this is controversial, but I do think we should take Siegfried and Roy out. I agree. Because they, sure, they made the decision to work with animals. Yeah. But I think this is bigger than just them. I agree. They, I think their hearts were in the right place. They're wacky for sure. The guy brought a cheetah uh, yeah. onto a cruise ship. There's some, there's some stuff to unpack there. But sure. are they responsible for this attack in a way? Yes, but in a way, no. I, I, I'm good taking him off. Okay. 
And I, I think we should take out birthdays. It's been there long <laughs> enough. <laughs> honorable mention. Can it get an honorable it mention? It did stay up there long enough. I mean, it, and the obsession, our obsession with youth is something that does need to be tackled. Yeah. But <laughs> not, I don't but think not today. they're to blame today. It's <laughs> just crazy that it happened on his birthday. Let's just yeah, never that forget is that. Wild. That's that is wild. And stress is a, a thing. So, I mean, we can blame stress on a lot of things. Sure. Okay, so what it's remains? Off. We have Chris Lawrence, the circus, and Steve Wynn, which you could say that Steve Wynn is part of the circus. Mm-hmm. You could put those two together. Right. I mean, even though this is more like the circus, like original circus, like the circus. I yeah, mean, the I, concept of the circus. I, I, I think we should take Chris Lawrence off. Okay. What, what were you going to say? Yeah, I agree. Do you agree? No, I do agree. I, because he... He tried his best. He was the one who set foot. Once he got over that fear of not wanting to get fired, he went in there. Yeah, that's and true. He tried to save Roy. That's true. That's true. That's true. And he sure, had the first lapse in judgment, but then he overcame that when it when shit kept hitting the fan, and he was like, "And now I step." And in. it's you know he's thinking about all the things he could have done to save Roy. Okay, I get why he's you know struggling with with that. It's a traumatizing moment in your life. Oh so I get, I understand. So the now adrenaline. We, Could yeah. you imagine? Now we just have the circus and Steve Wynn. Oof. Biggins. And here's my proposition. Okay. I think Steve Wynn is a circus. Is what? <laughs> <laughs> I think those two are almost the same thing. Whoa. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because one could say Vegas is a circus. Mm-hmm. It is. It's this perpetual circle of just entertainment and commerce and uh, what else are circuses? Peanuts and... Yeah. And the more you talk, the more I'm realizing they're two different things. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to make them the same, but they are in fact different. Yes. Yes. I was trying to go with you because it's your podcast, but yeah. But I, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Steve Wynn is... The, I, I, what do you think, Farron? I'm, I'm really ready torn. To, I, I'm not. Oh, tell me. I am ready to blame fully Steve Wynn. Wow. Tell I me mean, why. Well, I've got my own personal vendetta, okay. obviously, yeah. from before. However, I think that this is the man who oversaw the whole thing. It is his hotel. He is seeing this and he is seeing dollar signs. Yeah. His eyes literally turn to maniacal dollar signs. He sees these two, you know, yeah, German animal fanatics and he took advantage of them. He see, he's like, I see an opportunity here for me, for my hotel. I remember when I was a kid, I would go and even though I couldn't go to the show, they had the tigers in cages in Gross. the lobby right next to the slot machines that you could go and see them just sitting in their lair. And it's like, this guy was just used Using tigers and these and Siegfried and Roy's gumption to make money. Yes, I am one hundred percent behind you, Steve. Wynn, you are going to the alarmist jail. How do you feel, Farron? I feel uh, dizzy with glee. I mean, who knew? <laughs> who knew, Steve? Wynn? The, the, he, he had it coming. The, he did have it coming, and. And he's still, he's going to get some for the rest of his life. <laughs> and I do hope we hear from that woman with the big hair in the front row. And I hope we don't hear from Steve Wynn. <laughs> Unless it's tickets. Yeah, this is your opportunity to come clean. Unless it's tickets, Steve Wynn. We'll take you out of jail. Um, but yeah, it feels really good. Um, this has been a really difficult tragedy. 
Uh, and I'm really glad that you were here to talk to me about it. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. After a two-year investigation, the U.S. Department of Agriculture closed the case in 2005 without having landed on any definitive conclusion as to what led to the attack. On April 23, 2010, Siegfried and Roy retired from show business. Quote, The last time we closed, we didn't have a lot of warning, said longtime manager Bernie Newman. This is farewell. This is the dot at the end of the sentence. To this day, tigers are still allowed to be used in magic shows by magicians who dare incorporate them into their acts. Thank you so much for listening and please feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at The Alarmist Podcast. If you have any thoughts or comments, send us an email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Go to thealarmistpodcast.com and remember to vote for who you think is to blame. Next week, we've got a really good tragedy. It's going to be the Great Smog of London of 1952. You're probably thinking pollution. Oh, man, you're in for a real treat. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.